You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. Come on, somebody. You excited to be in church tonight? Man, can, we do, can you do me a favor real quick? I don't know uh, if this is a familiar statement in, uh, in New Zealand, uh, but at our church we say time in, like time in something, erodes awareness of something. You ever noticed that before? Like you're, you're in your home maybe or you're in your business. You don't quite notice the, the crack anymore. You don't quite notice the stain anymore. You don't quite notice the clutter anymore. Sometimes when you're in something for so long, you don't understand how amazing that it is. And so I just want to come to remind some of you tonight that if you call Life Church home, Maybe you've been here so long that you've forgotten how special this place is, and it's special because you have amazing leaders, and Pastor Paul, Marie, Luke, and the team here. Can you honor at all locations, your senior pastors, your location pastors? Man. Well, I am from uh, Orlando, Florida, originally from Birmingham, Alabama. You may uh, hear the accent a little bit, a little slower in the South. I met my wife there, my wife Stephanie and I, we've been married uh, almost 13 years this year, have two boys. I brought a picture, I'd love to show you my family, get you to introduce, that's my crew right there, Stephanie, beautiful wife, she's preaching tomorrow or today or whatever time it is in Florida at our church, and that's Bentley and Kingston, got a couple more pictures for you, roll through those. Right there, Bentley, stop right quick. That's a, that is our eight-year-old, and we were ready to write a parenting book after Bentley. Come on, parents, you've been there before. We thought, first time obedience, we've nailed this thing. It's awesome. Look at just that sweet spirit, obedient, intelligent, and then God gave us the gift of the king. <laughs> and Kingston Daily is the king of every situation and uh, God's gift to us in humility. You know, my boys love to do everything that, that, I, that I do, and that's good or bad. They, they love to follow me around. They love to read the Bible like Dad reads the Bible, to put worship on, to go crazy in and, and praise. But also, they, they love to repeat or call out some things. Anybody else got some kids like that? Bentley is eight. Just a few days ago, right before I left, I was yelling at somebody in traffic. I know everybody's perfect here at Life Church, and nobody does that. But I was yelling at someone, and he says, Daddy, you know they can't hear you. Your windows are up, are up and they're in a different car. <laughs> Thank you, son. Well, when Bentley was, was about two years old, I was doing this workout program called P90X. And it's a home-based workout program where you use dumbbells and, and bands to, to get ripped in 90 days. And I don't know if you can tell this because I've got on a double XL leather jacket, but I've got some guns under here. <laughs> and I was doing this workout one day and I was curling 30 kilos. <laughs> Pastor Paul, I, I sense a spirit of doubt over here on the right side. I, okay, there are 15 kilos. Okay, they were two and a half kilos. They were purple. My wife and I shared them, but I was going for high rep, <laughs> high rep, low weight. No, they were about 15 kilos, and I remember putting them down for just a moment to go get some water because the video told me that I could. And I look over at my two-year-old son, Bentley, and he is bending down trying to lift those, those weights that Daddy was just slinging around because he's, he's swole and he's ripped. And Okay, and so he bends down, and Bends down to pick up those 15 kilos. He says, Daddy, these weights. And again, I would get all the way down, but these jeans are way too tight. They're really popular in America. I don't know if they are here, but he, Daddy, these weights, they're stuck. Stuck. 
I came to remind some of you that you don't have to live a life that you're, you're stuck. And you're stuck in some ways of thinking. You're stuck in some mindsets. You're stuck in what I want to call tonight where life church is just a house that you're a part of. And what I want to do tonight in our 35 minutes together at all of our campuses is I want to get us unstuck from this just being a place that we gather I want to get us unstuck from a place that's just as cool to be a part of and, and watch and, and get the feels and get the excitement. I want to title this message tonight, God's House, My Home. God's House, My Home. This is not just a house of God. This can be your home. You ever notice when you're house hunting, maybe you do this here in New Zealand in the States, when we go house hunting, Sometimes we'll just go to open houses for fun. You ever do that? You just walk in and you just pick it apart. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm cynical. Maybe I'm negative. But I'll, I'll walk in and I'm like, ooh, what is, oh. Who, who, who lives like this? Look at these colors and look at, the, look at the dating on the walls and look at that backsplash and look at this wallpaper. Look at, we pick it apart, right? We were doing this with our home that we're remodeling right now and one of our, our bathrooms, actually our master bathroom, has a, a place that just the toilet sits in, and there's this little thing in there, this little alcove, and it's really ugly, and we thought, who could live like this? And then we bought that house, and we saw all the other repairs that needed to happen, and we're like, the toilet flushes, we'll be okay. <laughs> because when you're looking at somebody else's house, you, you pick it apart. I would never do this, I would never do that. But when you move in and make it your home, you don't pick it apart. You spend the rest of your life putting it back together. I want to transition life, church, from this place being just a house to a place that, that you can call home. Let's go in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 3. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth about this very idea of building the local church, building this house, and empower weekend. What a great time to decide this is going to be my home. This is going to be the place that I invest my life and my family. I'll start reading in verse 1. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to the world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world when one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I'm a follower of Apollos? Aren't you acting just like the people of the world? Here's where I want to dig in, starting in verse 5. After all, who is Apollos and who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom believed, through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. Can we never get it mixed up, Life Church, that, that we, we work and we serve and we give, but God brings the blessing. At Action Church, we say that God's not working because of us. He's working in spite of us. Just faithful people playing their role, serving, working in parking, working in kids, working in production of the worship. Just faithful people working, but God is bringing the harvest and God gets all the glory. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together 
with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. You are God's house. Make it, make it your home. Verse 10, because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation. Here's what I want to talk about, building your home. I've laid the foundation like an expert builder. And can I just let you know that, that this house, these locations, these campuses, this team, it's, it's been laid like an expert builder. I know I said it earlier, but, but your pastors and your team, you're not just making a difference in Auckland and in, in, in Melbourne. You're making a difference around the world. There's people like me all over the world looking to Life Church and learning from your passion and your spirit and your culture and your integrity and your leadership. The, the foundation has been laid with, with expertise here at Life Church. Now others are building on it. Now people like me, Action Church Orlando, we're, we're coming together, we're building this home, this kingdom of God. But whoever is building on this foundation must be careful. Get this, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, which is on Jesus Christ. We'll talk about that in a moment. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. Get this, it's not talking about salvation. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Last verse, verse 16. Don't you realize all of you together are the temple of God and the spirit of God lives in you. God's house, our home. So how do we, how do we build this home? Well, you gotta start with a foundation. You ever been on a, on a big building, a high rise and you... You never walk by those buildings when you're on the ground floor and think, man, that is a beautiful foundation. Unless you're an architect or a civil engineer, you never think, great job, foundation layer. No, you look up. But when you're on that top story of a skyscraper and you're looking over, you're like, thank God for the people that built this, this firm foundation. The foundation that we have is in verse 10. It's Jesus. Spoiler alert, everything that's built here at, at Life Church, everything that's built at Action Church, it's built on Jesus. The life, the death, the resurrection of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is Jesus. I want you to write this down, making this our home. It's more spiritual than you think it is. It's more spiritual than you think it is. Your marriage is more spiritual than you think it is. Your time in school, your business, it's more spiritual than you think it is. The adversity that you're facing, it's more spiritual than you think that it is. Is Jesus, answer this in your, in your heart, right where you are, maybe here or north, south, Melbourne, answer this, is Jesus the foundation of your life? Or do you look at some areas and you think, where's Jesus? Like he's here on Sunday. Pastor, I came to two services today, great job. Ribbon, perfect attendance, check. But we walk out of here and in certain areas of our life, we ask the question, where's Jesus? Mary and Joseph did this in Luke 2, remember? Luke 2, 52 is one of the most quoted verses in scripture. It gives us how Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with men. I love the 10 verses before because we see a picture right here that's crazy. 
Mary and Joseph pull a, a modern day parenting faux pas, if you will. They're at the a temple in Jerusalem. They're there for the, the feast. They're there for the celebration. They decide to go back to Nazareth. The problem is they forgot Jesus. How many of you know that when you leave your kids, that fear, that panic, come on somebody, don't, don't leave me hanging. You've done it before. That happens in New Zealand too, right? Come on. Can you imagine losing the son of God? Like God gave you his one and only son and they're walking, it says three days, they, 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 just without him, they look around like, where is Jesus? The scripture tells us, church, it says they assumed that he was following. Get this, we come in church on Sunday, we worship, amazing worship, write some notes down, amazing preaching, get all the goosebumps, but then we go into our life and we leave Jesus in Jerusalem. We leave Jesus at Life Church. We leave Jesus at the Central Campus or maybe in Melbourne. I'll be back next week. Or maybe we say, come on, Jesus, you follow me. But I'm here to remind somebody, Jesus is either Lord of all or not Lord at all. He doesn't follow, he leads. And we're wondering, where is Jesus? The scripture goes on to tell us that they assumed he was following. Once they realized he wasn't there, they started a frantic search. They began to search frantically for Jesus. And I think we do that in our lives, church. I think when we get in our marriage, when we, we get in our, our studies, when we get in our relationships, when we get in a kind of in a, in, a, in a jam or in a spot that we can't get out of, we begin to frantically search for fulfillment. I gotta make more money. I gotta, I gotta find significance somewhere. I gotta find a, another person, a, a friend or a significant other to fill this void. And we're frantically searching because we're missing something. And what we're missing is back in Jerusalem. Here's the significance. In verse 49 through 51, Mary and Joseph, they, they go back and they have this conversation with Jesus. And I've been praying all week that, that you would have this conversation. If this is where you're missing the boat, if this is where you're missing the mark in your spiritual life and the foundation, that you would have this conversation. They say, Jesus, where have you been? And he says, where did you expect me to be? I'm in my father's house about my father's business. Too many of us are searching the world to find fulfillment in Jesus saying, I'm right where I've always been about my father's business. You wanna find fulfillment, you cannot find it outside of the local church. It's here. It's at step two at all locations after this service. It's finding your design and saying, God, I'm gonna be about your business. It's more spiritual. It's more spiritual than you think that it is. Let's go back to the scripture, 1 Corinthians 3. You get anything out of this? This is good? It's quiet over here on this side a little bit. I'm gonna get you. I have a moment here in a minute. I said, I'm gonna, we're all gonna get together. We're gonna have fun. You're gonna clap. We're gonna have a moment. It'll be awesome. I saw it, saw it already in my dreams. It's, been, it's gonna be great. You're, you're, you're gonna get here in a minute. Still wondering how I fit into these jeans. It's with great care. Verse 12, anyone who builds on that foundation, get this, we're building on Jesus, but now, now this next step gets a little bit iffy, gets a little bit, a little bit tricky. Anyone who builds on that foundation, we, we've decided it's more spiritual than we think, we're building on Jesus, this home will be built on Jesus. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. Get this, gold, silver, jewels, all good things, but maybe wood or hay or straw. What are you building with? 
Second thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes, it's more practical. It's more practical than you think that it is. After you pour a foundation, an expert builder will begin to frame the house room by room. You'll design it and you'll put this here, living room here, bedroom here, bathroom here, master suite here. You'll begin to frame it out. My question to you tonight is, what are you building with? What are the materials? There's a famous nursery rhyme, hopefully it translates in New Zealand. Anybody heard of the, the three pigs? That, that goes here. Well, it's originally a story from England and all the pigs die except for the last one. That's a little harsh. So we're not trying to go rated R like Dr. Maiden did this morning. Like he was going, I mean, that may have been rated X, Pastor Paul. I don't know. He was going old school Genesis, amazing message this morning. I'm going to keep it PG-13. We're going to go with the Disney version of the We Three Pigs. Nobody eating anybody in here. Three pigs, right? They, they leave mom and they leave dad. They go and make a way for themselves, make a life for themselves. The first pig comes on some, some straw and he builds his house out of straw. A couple days later, the big bad wolf comes, little pig, little pig. Some participation will be nice. Come on north, somebody north is with me right now. In Jesus' name, little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by the hair on my chinny, chin, chin. So he huffed and he puffed and he did what? He, he blew the house down. And again, we're not going with the old school and the Disney one. The pig barely escapes, just like verse, verse, uh, verse 15, barely escapes with his life, runs this second house. The second pig, remember, had built his house out of what? Out of sticks. His house out of sticks. He gets done, the big bad wolf comes over. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by the hair on my... There we go, now we're getting there. I don't have you yet, we're, go we're getting there. We're not there yet, page three is for you. And he huffs and he puffs and he... Blows the house down. The pig barely escapes with his life. Now both pigs run to their third friend, the expert builder who built his house out of bricks. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by the hair on my chinny chin. Chin. He huffs and he puffs and he huffs and he puffs and he huffs and he puffs and he goes away because the house, the home, had been built with the right things. The enemy is huffing and puffing all over this city, all over Melbourne. It's huffing and puffing. I'm asking you practically, how have you built your home? House of straw? House of straw is barely better than being in the elements. It'll get you out of the rain. It'll get you out of eternity apart from God. But it's a cheap grace. It's a saving faith, but it's not a sustaining faith. How are you building your home? A house of six is one step better, a little bit more secure. And in fact, it will probably last you your whole lifetime. But eventually, the winds will pick up and water will get in and maybe mold will set in. Eventually, that, that wooden home of sticks will not be able to be passed down, passed down to the next generation. Is the home we're building here at Life Church, is it seasonal or is it generational? I want to say something really harsh and I may never be invited back. I think that it's okay, but once you join this, this team, once your hand goes up and you receive a Bible and you take your next steps, once you settle eternity, and if you have not done that, we will give you an opportunity at the end of this service tonight. Once you do that, hear me. This church 
is no longer about you. It's for you. It'll be there for you when you're hurting. It'll be there for you to to give you a part to play, but it's no longer about you. It's about reaching, connecting a lost city. This house, this home is for you, but it's not about you to say it simply. It's a house of sticks. I can't believe I'm gonna use a fishing illustration with the, the legend fisherman, Pastor Paul, in the house. I don't know if you can tell by my outfit, but I'm not so much of an outdoorsman. <laughs> Laughter was a little too loud here at Central. I don't really know <laughs> if I have very many friends here yet, Pastor Paul. Fishing. You know, Jesus, Matthew 4, goes to the disciples and he says, cast down your nets and, and follow me. They were a fisherman. He said, I'm going to teach you to fish for people. And can I be honest with you for a second? Action Church is really, really growing. We've got about 4,000 people in five years, four locations. And, and I, can I just tell you, we're really, really good at reaching people. Like we're really good. But we're not so good at connecting them. We dabble in a house of sticks. I've been fishing a few times and maybe I'll get to go with Pastor Paul and he can teach me a few things next time I'm here. But have you ever caught something when that, when that fish hits that hook? That is adrenaline rush like no other. You ever been there before? People talk about it. They show you the fish. They show you the video of the fight getting the big fish in. People are so excited about the catch. I've never found very many people that are excited about the cleaning. Look at this fish that I cleaned. There's not a lot of videos out there. Life Church, don't get stuck in just the catching because I would teach you to fish for people. So we've got to catch them. We've got to go to where they are, to the dark places, to the lonely places, to the depths of despair. We've got to catch them there, remove them from that place. Smattering of applause. Come on, somebody. That was the, that was the spot. That was the moment. That was actually it. You missed it. I'll have more later. Catching and cleaning. Say, Pastor, that's, that's weird. No, 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 we are not a church. We are not a, a home that catches and releases. Look at what we did. Look at what we did at this event. No, 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 we catch and we clean. We, don't, we also don't want to catch and we, we don't case. We're not just putting them on a showcase. Look at what God did. No, no, we catch and we clean and we put them on purpose. Pastor, that means that like they're dead. Exactly. Lay down your life. Take up your cross and follow me. We're catching people in the depths of despair and sin. We're, we're cleaning them, the discipleship process, the next step process, the life group process, and then we're placing them in the fulfilling destiny that God has for them. This is not a house of sticks. It's a, it's a house. It's a house built with the right materials. It's a house of bricks. And that takes time, church. Brick by brick. Notice in the story, the house of straw finished first. All good. Looking over there, man, that looks great. Until the storm comes, until the rain comes, until the big bad wolf comes, until the enemy comes. House of sticks looks great until you pass it down to your kids and it begins to fall apart. It's the house of bricks. I heard it said one time, you can build it fast or you can build it to last. It's the house of bricks. Just sacrifice and obedience. Sacrifice. And obedience. I don't know about you, I've never regretted a season of sacrifice. 
I've never given what God called me to give to an offering and my tithe to a, a building project to initiative. I've never given and sacrificed and thought, man, that wasn't worth it. Never got back from missions trips, sleeping on the floor of a church or serving in the heat or eating things that only God knows what I was eating. I never got back and thought that wasn't worth it. Never went on an outreach project, never led a small group, never have I ever regretted a season of sacrifice. Man, I've always regretted the seasons where I spectated from the sidelines. And I watched this campus be built. And I watched this partnership be developed. And I watched this church thing happen. And I was a part of it, but I was not in it. I want to invite you to pick up the brick and begin to lay the pieces that God has called you to lay in this home. It's more practical than you think that it is. The third thing is this. It's more personal. Let's go back to the scripture. It's more personal than you think that it is. Go back to verse 12. Let's drop down to verse 13. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. It's more personal. This church is going to reach this city. This church is going to reach this nation. This church is, is growing. What, what part is God calling you to play? It's more personal. In that home, you have the foundation. Then you have the framing. Now the fun part is the interior design. Like, what's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? This church built on Jesus the framework is here, the structure, the spirit, the character, the integrity, those are already framed out for you. But the design that God gave you finds its destiny in this place. It's more personal than you think that it is. Do you own this place? Is this your home? Are you an owner? Are you leasing? In the States, we have a lot of people that own homes and a lot of people that, that rent, that they, they lease. And there's a big difference. I've done both. In our years being married, almost 13 years, we've, we've leased some homes and we've owned some homes. And there's a difference in, in how you treat it, right? There's a difference in, in how you invest in it. Uh, let me give you this illustration. In, in America, in Florida, it's hot. Like, it's really, really hot. Like, it's humid. It's hot. The summers are brutal. And two things that let me know that the devil is real and he's a liar, and he's at work against me sometimes, is this, that our, our smoke detectors always lose their battery at 3 or 4 a.m., if you have that in New Zealand, but that starts beeping in the middle of the night, never in the afternoon, never. And the second thing, my air conditioning always breaks in the summer, on the weekend. Not on vacation, not while I'm gone, not in the winter, in the summer. Three years ago, we're renting a home. My AC breaks in July, amazing, 97 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is, Celsius. It's hot. You're sweating. You don't want to be in your home. And I remember calling the landlord and said, hey, fix it. Just one call. Call my landlord. You fix it. Hang up. Peeped out the window just to make sure the repairman got there and had started working on the air conditioning. It's not my air conditioning unit. It's not my home. I don't care how it's done, how much it costs. I just want it to be fixed. 
Fast forward 18 months, I bought my own home, my wife and I. AC goes out in June, praise the Lord. I don't call the landlord, I don't have a landlord, that's my house. I get on the Google, got the Google here in New Zealand. I look at reviews, I look at ratings, I call and talk down the price. Takes me three hours to find the right repairman to come out to my home. When he gets there, I meet him outside with a glass of lemonade. How are you doing? What are you gonna be doing? What do you have? Do you have the proper tools? How much does that cost? What are you gonna be thinking? I need this thing to work for the next 15 years. It's expensive to replace. What are we gonna do together? How can I help? Because that's my, that's my AC. So lazy to just rent the vision here at Life Church. Why don't we do this? Somebody fix that. A renter sees a problem and calls somebody. An owner sees the problem and becomes the solution. This is my house. This is my home. I'm gonna fix this. Well, I'm not gonna fix it because I don't have any, any, any skills. I'm, I'm what we call a handyman in the States. I hand the man the tools to, <laughs> to do it. You're excited, you're, you're ready. You're, I'm gonna do something, Pastor. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna jump in, here, here we go. Write this down in your notes. I, I care about your motives more than I care about your emotions. Not talking about religion. Not talking about a sense of I've got to, I, I've got to serve. Okay, if I'm gonna be here, I don't, I don't wanna just take, I don't wanna be lazy. I, I don't need you to go through the motions. I need us to check our, our motives. You know, when you're renting, when you're renting a home, when it gets to the end of your lease, you do what? You begin to fix it up. I gotta fix this carpet spot, right? Come on, you've been there before. You did something to the walls you weren't supposed to, put something in the walls, you, you painted something, you, you were, and you're just, you're doing everything you can to get the deposit back. Nobody, y'all are just so faithful and full of character here. You've never done anything with your rental. No, you gotta get that deposit back. That, that's, that's my money. If we're not careful, we'll begin to strive and to work to get the deposit back. I'm not asking you to, to give the key back to work to gain the deposit. I'm asking you to pass the key down, the ownership that you have to the next generation of believers and young people. And this is a, it's a generational mindset. It's more personal than you think that it is. Don't bring the key back. Pass it down to the next and the next, and the next. A house can be seasonal, but a, a home is something you invest in because you're gonna, you're gonna pass it down. I wanna pause right here for just a moment. And some of you are like, this is great, Pastor. I, I, get, the, I get the home, I get the house, awesome. But, but I'm, not a, I'm not even part of the building crew yet. Like I'm not, I'm not in. When you say that the builder narrowly escaped to the wall of flames, I, I'm not even a part of it yet. And before you own this vision, before you own this home, you have to allow Jesus to, to own your life. And so I wanna do this at all of our locations. I've got one more point, but just right here, I feel like the spirit of God is, is moving. And, and I want you to bow your heads at every location.
Every head bowed and every eye closed. The bands are going to be coming to the platforms at all the locations. And I'm going to give you this opportunity. You say, Pastor, I, I'm in. I, I want to be more spiritual. I want to build this thing on Jesus. I, I want to be more practical and build the right way. And I want to figure out my design. But I, I don't know this God that you speak of. I don't know this home that I'm, that I'm building. This, what is it? was this truth that Jesus, the Son of God, lived a perfect life and he died a sinner's death in your place. I heard it said one time, he didn't die for you, he died as you. Like every mistake, every fear, every doubt, he took it. The greatest exchange, his righteousness, his perfection for every area that we fall Short it. Could have stopped there with that gift of grace, that gift of forgiveness that was given to us by his body that was broken, by his blood that was shed. But the Bible goes on to tell us that, that three days later he rose again. And that resurrection, that resurrection is some of the greatest news ever. It gives us victory, victory over the things that we struggle with. I don't know about you, but apart from Jesus, I struggled with a lot. Temptation, doubt, fear, insecurity. And his resurrection gives us power over those sins, over those struggles, and it gives us victory over death. His death made a way, and his resurrection helped you make your way into the victory that Jesus has for you. So I want to do this at every location, every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. If you say, Justin, I wanna be a part of building, but I wanna start with allowing Jesus to build my life. I'm giving him access, I'm giving him control, I'm giving him my everything. No longer is he gonna follow me, no longer am I gonna leave him here on Sunday. I am making Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. If that's you here at Central, at North, at South, at Melbourne, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, maybe for the first time ever. You don't know why you're here tonight, you're here for this moment. Eternity is about to change. Your life is about to change when you give Jesus control. Say, build with me, God. Others of you, you're like me, 19 years old in a church service just like this in Birmingham, Alabama. I had walked aisles, aisles, I had prayed prayers, I had raised my hand, but I had never given Jesus control. I recommitted my life that day and I've never been the same. So come on, Life Church, for the first time, or maybe for the first time in a long time, if you say, I need Jesus. I need to be a part of building what he's building, but it starts with a relationship with him. If that's you at all the campuses, would you raise your hand right where you are and say, I need Jesus. I need to be put in this game. I need to be a part of owning this idea. Come on, I got hands up here, up in the back, two, three, four. Anybody else? Come on, I got you over there, man. Proud of you in the back. Come on, South, raise them high. Holy Spirit is moving there. North, Melbourne, come on. Anybody else here? Maybe 10, 12, 13 hands up. Come on, see you in the back. Proud of you. Best decision you can ever make in your life. Come on, joining the team. I'm building, I'm building. Got two, three, four, five more up here. Come on. Don't rush it. Holy Spirit is moving right now. Say, I, I want Jesus. I'm ready to build. I'm ready to work, but I'm starting by surrendering my life. Anybody else? Two, three, four more. Come on. Praise God. You can put your hands down. Would you pray this just a moment? Actually, Church, why don't we all 
pray this together so they feel comfortable. Say something like this. Say, God, I love you. And I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And I'm confessing with my mouth and believing in my heart that you are the Lord. And I'm giving you that place, complete and total control. God, have your way in my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanna show you a verse real quick and then we'll, we'll go back into a time of worship. So powerful, here's where we end. Here's the fourth point. Verse 16, don't you realize that all of you together, everybody say together. together. Now everybody say together. together. Together, all of us together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God, He lives in you. The Spirit of God does not live in this building. He's here. His manifest presence is here, but His Spirit doesn't stay here. It goes with you. This is not a Sunday to Sunday thing. This is not a come and get filled up and assume Jesus following thing. This is a life thing. This is a house, home building thing. But all of us together, together, is what builds a home. I love what I get to do as a pastor. I love what the pastors and the worship leaders here do, but it's us together that's gonna reach this city. It's us together that's gonna reach Melbourne. It's us together that's gonna reach this nation. Not one person and a bunch of people watching, all of us together make this thing a home. It's just a house. It's just a building until you make it a home. Last thing I want you to write down, it's more missional than you think that it is. A house doesn't become a home until people fill it. It's just a structure. Have you ever invited anybody to a random house? No. You don't drive by an abandoned house like, hey, you wanna come over and hang out? Whose house is that? I don't know. No, it's illegal. But when you buy your home and you fix it up and you're building it, you can't wait to bring people over. When this place becomes your home, the thing that you're building, you will spend and invest your whole life getting as many people here as possible. What we can do together, Life Church, is so much greater than what we can individually. And in a generation where we say, I'll do my thing and you'll do your thing and I'll come on Sunday. Hey, don't talk to me about money. Don't talk to me about my time. I gave you my Sunday. No, 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 together on Sunday, together in our businesses, together in our classrooms, together in our life groups, together in our families, we can make the biggest difference. Let me illustrate this for you. Got this from a pastor years ago. Complete participation, even the people that haven't participated yet, and I know who you are, and I see you in the spirit and in personal, and I'm offended. Pray for me after service. Just kidding. It's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> Take your left hand or your right hand, depending on which hand you are, and begin to clap with, with one finger. That's cute. It's like a golfer's clap. I'm a big golfer. Just real polite. Just keep going, keep going. This is gonna keep going. Don't stop, don't stop. This is what it looks like to come and watch Pastor Paul and Marie do their thing at Life Church. This is what it means to just come once a month and spectate and not go to next steps. And I, I'll help some people and I'll be nice to some people. I, I'm a house of straw. I'm out of hell, I'm going to heaven, but I'm just kind of doing my own thing when I want to. Go to two fingers. This is when you say, I, I hear this, Pastor Justin, I'm gonna take this house and I'm gonna allow it to become a home. 
Tonight, I'm gonna go to step two and I'm gonna begin to make a difference. I'm gonna discover why I'm here. And I'm gonna begin to take those steps of faith and those steps of sacrifice. Go to three fingers. This is what happens when I say, I'm not just gonna, I'm not just gonna serve, but I'm gonna to lead in my gifts. I'm gonna to begin to use what God has put inside of me to be a blessing to other people. Go to four, go to four fingers. This is a sound that's beginning to, to make a difference. This is a sound that the world's beginning to take note of. Go to five fingers, go to a full clap. This is what it looks like when Central and North and South and Melbourne say, God, use me. This is what happens when you plant and you water and you see God bring the harvest. This is a sound that changes a city. When we build this thing on Jesus Christ, when we get to build it the right way with integrity and culture and, and purity of heart, this is what happens when you discover your design and say, I'm starting that outreach. I'm partnering with this. I'm beginning to lead that life group. Come on church, this is the sound. This is the sound that the enemy takes note of, that heaven begins to open up and this house becomes a home. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.